Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on the grid, and so is the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Let's do this thing. Hope springs eternal. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Hell yeah, I say there is. And the light at the end of the tunnel has arrived. The Korean Baseball uh, League has uh, begun uh, overnight uh, play for the degenerate uh, gamblers. Uh, But better than that, we've got the UFC coming uh, up this Saturday in Jacksonville. The National Football League will release their schedule. And you know what? The NFL, uh, like those uh, fat ratings, uh, that they got for the National Football <laughs> League draft, and they decided to turn. Um, they've decided to turn the the schedule release into a three-hour primetime show Brilliant. on Thursday night, in which they're going to bring in players, coaches, and general managers via Skype and Zoom to discuss the schedule. Great idea. People are going to eat it up. Oh, you're so right, Marenzi. I thought about this. It's like in today's time. You got to do everything to get ratings when you can. The draft was an unmitigated success. Now you turn this into something. Hey, I'll be watching. These guys get it. That's the difference. Like the NFL sees a little crack and they go, how do we expose this? How do we make more money? No, in the NHL, they'll just have a draft. Okay, well, we'll go back to the old draft system. Like these guys actually know what they're doing and they know how to make money. And I think it's a great idea. I'll be watching too, because we know where teams, we know what divisions are going to cross over with, but actually the weeks and everything else, it's going to be great. I'm very interested to know. So great move by the NFL. More cash, buddy. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, you know, the National Hockey League, it's funny you bring them up uh, because uh, they have a draft in June and there's a lot of talk. They're saying, well, listen, why don't we just do a virtual draft? Yeah. And the National Hockey League is like, we need at least a month to prepare for that. (laughs) At least a month to prepare for that. Like, you need three days. Like, you set up Zoom. Like, like, these guys, like, anyone who thinks like they're playing, they're pulling it off. Like, yeah, I know the NHL, all right? Like, people... Like, guys, like a virtual draft. They're like, oh, we need at least a month to prepare for a virtual draft. <laughs> you so know, it's like, it's not that hard, guys. All right. It's like, <laughs> that'd be like telling, like, if I told you, all right, Cam, you know, you got to do the show uh, from the house. You got to set up a green. I need at least a month to set that up. <laughs> so like, like, you need a month. It's like, bro, I'll give you 48 hours. All right. Like one day. Okay. You know, maybe you got angry. You snapped. You walked out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Two days. Fine. But like the NHL, really? You guys don't have a staff of digital people? Then it's like, hey, Gary, like, call him, uh, Mr. Bettman. Yeah, we can pull this off in two weeks. Like, I can get this up and running in, in six days. Like, come on, man. Yeah, Gabe, I got to tell you, and I, I did a lot of stuff when I worked at the NHL, and I hate to say it, it's not like the slickest uh, Cowboys that you'll ever see. Like, the same old guy at the buffet. You know, you work for the Montreal Canadiens. They hire their buddies. It's, it's old school, right? Yes, yes. It's guys who don't want to turn on a computer. It's like, yeah, we'll do it on paper. What? All right, Canucks, yeah, you're okay there, 15. Yeah, that's the way it's going to be. Like, these guys, they don't like it. It's the same guy who's the Remember I said it does, whatever. They make up the schedule on a napkin at the Brass Rail Strip Club. They're like, what do you think about the Leafs yeah. and the Habs opening up on Saturday? <laughs> it's a great idea, Chuck. You know what I mean? They run it down. You're actually not too far away there. It's very true. Yeah, but- no, you know what? Not, not, it's not the Brass Rail. Let's be honest. It's at like uh, it's like Harbor 60. Yeah, or Harbor 60. It's yeah, at Harbor 60. Or it's like the um, it's over at the uh, the Royal York, the Fairmount Hotel. You know what I mean? The Steakhouse, etc. Yeah. So 
Yeah, we'll see about that. It was making me mad, actually, watching the Korean Baseball League. Because they're like, oh, look, Korea's playing you know, Major League Baseball. Can't... Yeah, because they've actually tested there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they've actually done something. Like, you can't just wave a wand. Oh, yeah, we're going to come back because Korea's back. That's a great point, right, Gabe. Hold on, hold, that, hold, hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. I will. All right, we welcome everybody listening uh, right now on SB Nation Radio and all the affiliates. What's up? I'm Gabriel Morenci. Game time decisions. We're on the grid at Sports Grid. The Raging Redhead Cam Stewart throwing it down. We got a lot of stuff uh, to get to. The UFC Saturday. The UFC Wednesday and the UFC Saturday. But let's get through the first UFC card first from Jacksonville. And it's a freaking stacked one. It's a good one. We're going to break down uh, all the fights. We did a great job on yesterday's program, but we didn't get to all the fights because we spent so much time talking about Anthony Pettis and Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, we're going to tell you just how crazy of a man Tony Ferguson actually is. Um, you know, I'm always I'm always interested um, in other professionals' opinions and whatever the, the sport is. Now, it doesn't mean that they're good handicappers no. uh, because I'll tell you what, when it comes to MMA camp, fighters will always just pick their buddies Exactly. Or who they train with. You're right. Oh, I trained with this guy before. He's pretty tough. I got to take him. Exactly. Such a good point. Like, they never give you, like, a real, like, breakdown yeah. or anything like that. Uh, but there was a great uh, piece up over at ESPN.com um, in which they spoke to fighters that have fought Tony Ferguson. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, hey, what's your prediction um, for the fight? And, you know, you get generic predictions. Same thing with, like, a lot of athletes aren't good handicappers, right? But I want their opinion from the analysis uh, standpoint. And it was a great read, um, just reading various fighters. What, what, what was it like fighting Tony Ferguson? And everybody has, like, a story, and it all ends badly for them. But, like, you know, <laughs> one of them is, like, you know, he goes, man, I never really realized. He goes, when I shook his hand at the weigh-in, like, he crushed my hand. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this guy's got big hands. And... And he goes, then in the fight, he was controlling my wrists with his big hands. He goes, I never really realized. He goes, kind of a little thing. Uh, and a big common thing, uh, theme is with this guy is he likes pain. They all yes, say the same thing. They're like, but Anthony Pettis, we were talking about. Anthony Pettis, in his own words, will read his words. He said, I tried to murder him. And he goes, I broke my hand. And he goes, he liked it. And he goes, I realized he just like he, he makes a point that, hey, I can out suffer I can suffer pain more than you and let's get into a pain contest like he actually likes getting hurt they were saying and fight these are tough guys they're all saying the same thing once you're in the cage they kind of realize this guy's crazy and like, he's smarter than he he's looks crazy he's smarter than he looks he's already two steps ahead of you I'm so glad you sent me that article using guys weight against them that's the thing Gabe he brings all the intangibles to the table he's crazy and he's smart so, yes, I've already fed him. Everybody says the same thing. They're like, I threw everything at him, and he kind of shook it off and laughed and not, like, fake laughed, I, I realized. And the unorthodoxness of him, too. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Game time decisions continues. I am Gable Morenci throwing it down. SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. We're going to make it the loudest nation in the nation. The Raging Redhead Cam Stewart with us. We've got a lot of cool stuff to get to. UFC, the NFL uh, schedule release. Listen, we already know what teams are, are playing um, uh, each other. And we'll go over that a little bit uh, on, on the program uh, tonight. Uh, but we're going to find out when, but not really. Uh, but nevertheless, the National Football League's making a big show of this. Um, you know, they were saying they were going to release the schedule by May 9th. They end up doing it May 7th. And they're going to turn it into a three-hour primetime event. General managers, coaches, players coming in to talk about the schedule. And, we, you know, we give credit to the National Football League, Cam. They've done a great job um, during this uh, pandemic of stepping up. You know what? We give credit to Roger Goodell. General managers, no, we can't have the draft. Oh, no, it's like the NHL attitude. You know what I mean? I, 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 I think we all got to be um, safe, but we also got to be smart. And if you're able to do things, do them. And a great job by the National Football League realizing, you know what, let's give, uh, let's give people another three hours of television here. You couldn't be more right, Gabe. This is the thing. These guys get it. The virtual draft was amazing. The first day we were talking when the Bengals couldn't even get onto the Wi-Fi, we're going, what a disaster. And I couldn't believe what a success it was, how little. Like, the thing went, out, went off without a hitch. Roger Goodell became a human, you know, having a couple cognacs in his comfy chair. Hey, honey, uh, you know, loosening the tie after work. It was just good for business. And the NFL got some uh, kudos and extra points from the other sports leagues. And I'll tell you, they're just so far ahead of everybody right now, Gabe. Everyone has ideas, but the NFL is actually making money during this. They have foresight. They're thinking about it. And uh, I'll tell you, when you look at the schedule, we will break it down. But uh, so far, so good. There's a couple teams that I like and a couple teams that I don't, but we'll go through them all. But uh, we'll see what happens. More A-plus by the NFL. I agree with you 100%. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm looking forward to the NFL uh, schedule release. I'm just looking forward to sports that being back. And I tell you what, man, it's almost going to be like uh, overload um, at once. It's almost You're like right. going to the grocery store hungry. You know, think about this. So we have the UFC on Saturday, but the following Saturday and Sunday when it gets real, in which we're going to have the UFC again. There'll be another UFC event. You're going to have the NASCAR race and that uh, that skins game in which we've got odds for right now <laughs> as well. Like It's almost going to be like, oh, my God, there's multiple things on at once right now. Yeah, I'm not, like, not just one. There's going to be like, oh, there's a NASCAR race and golf on. At right. the same time. Yeah, it's crazy, Gabe. Before, my new routine is basically Saturday night, we like to have some drinks. I wake up, I uh, cap Gulfstream, Tampa Bay Downs, you know, dee -dee -dee, get my horse bets in and kind of watch horse racing all day. Now we're actually going to be able to flick around. And I will say this about this golf match. You're seeing minus 200 uh, for Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy. Just for all you bettors, I've jumped on MMA bets, but wait. Just wait on this one. I guarantee the public will jack this up to 260, 270 for Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy. Nobody knows who the hell Matthew Wolf is. They think Ricky Fowler is a choker. So if you like the underdog, don't do it. Don't bet it now. Just wait. We'll get a better number. Yeah, but you know what? What if you like the favorite? And you and I discussed this when, yeah. we, when it was announced. And, you know, we talked about how um, we talked about how Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning are minus 200 against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. And we said that we thought these odds would be higher. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, man. You're talking about Rory McIlroy and you're talking about Dustin Johnson against Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. I know. That's I, I'm surprised they opened it up. And as you said, it's going to go up because people gonna, are going to jump in on this. And it'll be in parlays if people are able to parlay it. But, you know, people, people are going to jump in on this. Hell, when I saw that, 
you know, Rory can, they can. I always like taking the underdogs in these things, but it's not enough, Cam, right there. Game Come on, Rory and Dustin. I'm going to tell you that line's there for a reason. We talk about lines and what people do. People think this is free money. It's not free money. What do you think Dustin Johnson's doing right now during the pandemic? Is he working? I'm doubting it. I bet he's having a lot of sex with Paulina. He's got to worry about a kid right now. Rory McIlroy has so many foundations and things going on right now. He's probably his head spinning. I can tell you one thing. Ricky Fowler has a lot to prove, and he's playing with a teammate from Oklahoma State. Matthew Wolf has one win on the tour. He wants to put his name on something. These guys like each other, and they're playing for their school. Hey, I'm telling you, Gabe, it's going to be a bloodbath. I will be betting on the Oklahoma State Cowboys in this match, and I'll let everybody else bet the other way. I'll even wait to get a better line, and if it stays stationary, I'll like to bet even more because I really believe they're going to get it done. I'm not just saying this. I'm not blowing smoke out your bum. I'm just telling you right now, watch out for the underdogs in this match. But I do believe with you on the first one, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning will get it done. And if I find a line on one of my books and it's under 210, 220, I'd click on it right now. Yeah, well, that's all right. I'm not going to let you blow uh, smoke uh, up my bum. You wouldn't think I am. Stevie Nicks? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I deviated septum. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, the urban, <laughs> the urban legend septum. story about Stevie Nicks. Stevie <laughs> Nicks and a straw. We'll just leave it, uh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> See, that's what you get on our show. Sports I'm actually, and other stories. I've <laughs> actually asked people, like, I even know people that know her and everything, and I'm like, is, is that, is that kind of true? And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, it, it is. They're like, yeah, it, it, it's true. They're like, it's pretty, 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 pretty hardcore. Uh, yeah. But nevertheless, all right, uh, so we have the UFC, and you know what? A little bit of live movement. Tony Ferguson, the line has come down. Money coming, little money coming in on Justin Gaethje. Nothing massive, but on yesterday's program, we were talking about it. Tony Ferguson was minus 178. And now he's minus 172. I'll bet it again. Justin Gaethje's plus 146. Now, um, there was a, there's a great piece over at ESPN.com um, by, um, on, their, on their MMA uh, page. And they interview fighters. And it's like, what's it like to fight Tony Ferguson? And they go one by one through uh, each each fighter. And, you know, Josh Thompson, Josh the Punk uh, Thompson, his nickname, former Strikeforce lightweight uh, champion, mm -hmm. really a good fighter. He really was a leader of the elite uh, in that era. And, you know, basically he stated that Tony Ferguson came in with a knee and he goes, I saw it coming from a mile away. And he goes, I took him down with one of the best, strongest takedowns I've ever done in my life. Yep. And he goes, boom, I take him down. And he goes, he used the weight of the momentum. Exactly. He flipped it over, got up, kicked me twice. And and then Thompson sort of said, oh, my God, what, what the F just happened? And it happened so fast. And then he said, he goes... He said, he's so unorthodox, it's very, very difficult. And he goes, everything I brought on him, it didn't matter. And he goes, and, oh, yeah, I also ended up with 32 stitches after the fight. He yeah. goes, he cracked my face open a couple of times, too. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, Gabe. And uh, that's the thing about Ferguson. Like, this is not a good recipe for anybody that fights him. One, he likes pain. Two, he's a cerebral fighter. Uh, he loves inflicting pain. Uh, you talk about that story. I'm glad you sent it to me. It was a really good read, too. And that's the thing. Tony Ferguson is such a... He's good on the ground, too, using other people's weight against him, putting you in death grips and situations well, this is what like he that. says about his, about his head. So this is Josh Thompson. 
Uh, this is Josh Thompson. He goes, when I first shook his hands at the weigh-in, I didn't realize how big his hands were. When we shook hands, his hands went all the way around my hand. Honestly, he doesn't really even hit that hard. When I take into consideration guys I've been hit by, he's not that physically strong, but he has length in that leverage. When we got into the fight, he actually grabbed me at the forearm and he slid his hand down to where my glove is. There was no way I could get out. Uh, his hands were all the way around my wrist, all the way around my forearm. Those are the kind of things that play into his jujitsu, his control on the ground, all these type of things where he needs to utilize the positions. And they all say the same thing. They're like, you know, he's not that strong, really, but he's relentless. And it's just elbow, punch, kick. And, you know, another fighter will get into it. Kevin Lee says it's his recklessness that makes him dangerous. And he goes, the guy doesn't give an F. And he goes, he really doesn't care about getting hit. And I tell you, it doesn't matter, Ken, even if you're a tough guy in the UFC, it freaks tough guys out, man. Like when they punch someone with everything that they have and they break their hand <laughs> or yeah. like it, it happens where I just gave this guy my best and he shook it off and I don't have anything else. Yeah. Fighters will know down deep inside, I'm kind of screwed right now. The only thing is that's really dangerous for Ferguson is here and we'll continue the conversation on the other side of the break coming up here, but... Every, everybody says the same thing. He is hittable. Like, he is hittable, but you can't knock him out, like, for some reason. Like, no one's knocked him out. I mean, like, you know, he's, he hasn't lost since 2012, uh, right? So he is very resilient, you know, in, in his way, but Justin Gaethje's like none other. Like, this guy, like, Ow. yeah, yeah. Like, he's, he's fighting a guy that really can, can end it. And that's really the only way you're going to beat Tony Ferguson because his gas tank is something else, and Gaethje never gets out of the first round. Let people keep betting on Gaethje, man. Tony Ferguson's going to win this fight, and we'll tell you why. We'll continue to break it down, get on a grand. Tuning in on SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. I am Gabriel Barretti, throwing it down with the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Shout out to King Ganja, listening in Dallas, Texas. Uh, pretty cool. I got a shout out online. Somebody said, yo, Morenci, I was driving uh, I was driving in my car and I heard you doing a radio promo uh, on, um, you know, on the radio. He goes, freaking fired up to drive around Dallas and listen to you guys. So shout out to Dallas, Texas. Uh, we're going to talk some cowboy uh, football. Well, we pretty much talk cowboy football every day because we Jerry do. Jones wants it that way. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it that way. That's why, that's why he does the things that he does. George Kurtz uh, will join us. And uh, for those of you... Uh, tuning in in Texas, uh, we're broadcasting out of New York right now. Although we go up and down the dial, we'll bounce around um, this summer. Uh, but right now, we're in the New York area, and we have been. And I'll tell you what, Cowboy Nation, there's a ton of Cowboy fans out here. All right? ton of Cowboy fans. Um, they're all front runners. They don't want to admit it, but they're all <laughs> front runners. All right? Because and, I, and all these people are Dallas Cowboy fans in New York. There's a ton of them, man. There's a freaking ton of them. And you know why they're Cowboy fans? Oh, because the Giants weren't good in the 70s. <laughs> right? Oh, the Giants. But, oh, you're Yankee fans, right? If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, how come you're not a Texas Ranger fan too, Kurtz? I'm going to go after him. And remember, I called Kurtz a front runner because uh, he's an Islander fan. And he said, how can you call me a front runner for being a New York Islander fan? I said, when you grew up, they were good. 
Yeah, exactly. All the good right, things about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah Carter, Yankees, Islanders, yeah. Cowboys, yeah. all good when he grew up. He's a front runner. Yeah, buddy. When I was a I'm a Bills fan. They <laughs> suck then, they suck now. Me too, and the Seahawks. I'm like, wow, the Seahawks <laughs> got a game on versus Denver and John Elway on TV. Like, they were horrible for years, Marenzi. Remember they had Kelly Kelly Gelba too, like uh, Stan Gelba, two and 14, went to the World Football League. Kelly Stouffer's frozen dinners. They had some real doozies. They had some real bad Seahawks teams. That's the thing, man. I like this team when they're the worst in the league. Then they got good. I hate the new Seahawks fans. They suck. Bandwagon jumpers. I remember growing up, actually, like the the biggest accomplishment ever the Seahawks ever did was like lose to the Raiders in a playoff game once. That's that's 1983 championship game. Yes. (laughs) I don't want to be harsh, but it's true though. Like they were they were really like one of the most irrelevant franchises. Like in that in those days, it was like like you said, like you 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 were pretty unique growing up in that era of being a Seahawk because they never won. They weren't really ever on TV. They never really even had any like cool like big time players. You know what I mean? It's Steve Largent, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt with the, the old reliable white wide receiver. <laughs> Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci, SB Nation Radio, throwing it down with the raging redhead Cam Stewart. We're talking UFC. Uh, right now, we'll get into some National Football League action as well. But you know what? The UFC is a big-time event, and uh, it's a real event. It's a new event. And listen, the Korean baseball stuff is cool, uh, but people are acting as if though there was not sports to bet on over the last couple of months. There's been overnight degenerate action going on. Yes, yeah, this happened to be, uh, be on TV, but it's not the same thing, Cam. I bet a little recreational box on, on the Korean League. Uh, but UFC is real betting. This is like, you know, real betting where I'm stepping up to the window for real here. And this is even cooler than the draft because the draft is all speculation. This is actual fights that we're able to break down and bet on. Yeah, here's the thing, Gabe. No, no offense to Korean baseball. I'll watch and I'd be a liar to say I had money, money on the game. But I play ponies almost every day. And I'll tell you. You know, listening to you and listening to Gamble, I want to bet on the UFC. It's something I'm going to settle down, watch with my girlfriend, have a lot of action on. And this is the thing. Just because there's nothing on doesn't mean you go absolutely nuts and put your bankroll on a Korean baseball game. We have, uh, you know, we have other stuff coming right around the corner. You talked about NASCAR, golf, all these other matchups and stuff. Like, this is a great time, I think, to build a bankroll, showing a little bit of patience. And I'm actually proud of myself because I love to gamble. Like, I wake up, the first thing I want to do is put money on a horse race. I've even toned it down a little bit because I know these things are coming back. And I want to have some bullets in the chamber when things get going. Yeah, I want to start winning. Exactly. Yeah, I, I want to be on the winning side. Show discipline and just be plus units. Doesn't mean we're going to get reckless uh, suddenly. And, uh, you know, we had Joey Odessa, great odds maker, the best in the business uh, on Marenzi Unfiltered, the podcast. And he was showing discipline, a new Joey. He used to bet on all the fights. He was like, pass, pass, not betting it, not sure. And uh, he said, I got to pick my spots correctly moving uh, forward. And we'll see if we can all stick to that. Uh, you know, it's interesting that a lot of us lifelong gamblers are sort of saying, all right, we've kind of learned a lesson during this shutdown that we were betting too many games uh, before. And uh, we'll see, because I got to tell you, I'm almost, I'm almost ready to pull the trigger on every one of these damn fights <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now. Uh, okay, let's just blast through what these guys are saying. So Josh Thompson uh, says, there was a lot of things I expected from it. I expected good cardio. I expected a relentless pace. I expected the push kick. I didn't expect his push kick to have as much power uh, behind it. Uh, he goes, I kept blocking it, but then my forearm was swollen from blocking that push kick. 
uh, literally for two weeks. I couldn't put my forearms down. You know when you put you sit down at a dinner table and you rest your forearms on the side of the table? I couldn't do it. I've had very few uh, cuts in my 32-fight career. I want to say by the end of this that I probably had close to 30-something stitches on my face. I had uh, 20, uh, 20 stitches on a big cut on the side of my head that actually dropped me. There's a lot people can prepare for, but when you lose that amount of blood and that amount of cuts, it's not something people can handle. Um, goes on. All right, here's uh, <laughs> here's... Here's Eve Edwards talking. Eve Edwards is a tough guy. Um, he goes up. Uh, he becomes more and more vicious as the fight goes on. <laughs> he like becomes it. more and more vicious, and he's more calculated. That cardio that he has, it's hard to uh, to put him down and keep him down. I don't think this guy has a, a higher threshold for pain than anybody. I actually think he enjoys it. I don't know if it's one of those things that makes him feel alive, or maybe he enjoys the fact that he can just out-suffer you. Like, these, these are MMA fighters saying this. This All right, here's Anthony Pettis. He really wants to win bad. I hit him with a right hand, kick, punch, dropped him. He did a front roll. His skill, skill level and the way he does stand up is just different. He doesn't come at you with a traditional kickboxing way. He doesn't come at you with any kind of style. He mixes in breakdancing. It's hard to prepare for it. Non-stop, elbows, punches. He's relent. He's re his recklessness is why he wins. I caught him and I tried to kill him and I broke my hand and that's what cost me the fight. That being said, he does get hit and Gaethje has that knockout power. This is going to be a great fight. The only way Gaethje can beat him is if he puts him to sleep, uh, says uh, Kevin Lee. Uh, that's uh, Pettis. So uh, here's Kevin Lee. Um, he goes. He's so confident in who he is and what he's going on. You know, he's the only uh, one that can do that weird-ass uh, uh, crap that he does. He truly doesn't give an F what anybody thinks. I think it's that confidence more than anything. Uh, he's a great fighter, but he has a different level of confidence that it's at a next level. Um, you know, here's another quick one here. Lando Nevada. Uh, he's in your effing face the entire time. Punches. I took the, uh, the fight on short notice in the second round. I'm like... I'm probably not going to win this fight. <laughs> he goes, I'm probably not going to win this fight because I'm exhausted. So I'm just going to walk this dude down and get a little bit of a moral victory. It was a good lesson to fight him. It was fun. I enjoyed it, even though I lost. It's his mentality. That's what makes him stand out. It makes him to the point where he's training harder than anyone else. He just doesn't care. He's just not on the same wavelength of, uh, of delusion. They think they're untouchable. They think they're the best. They think they're destined and all that crap. That's all really good, uh, but it wins a lot of championships, but it's a world that's easy to shatter. We can go on here. So basically everybody, everybody says the uh, the, the same thing. Nothing. Here's uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Nothing unique about Ferguson other than uh, you made my eyes swell up in the second round. Uh, coming out in the third round, I'm kind of glad they called the fight because uh, fighting Tony with the one eye would probably not have been so good. That guy could put pressure on you, man. And he has serious punch volume. That's the thing. Gaethje doesn't know what he's in for. Gaethje's going to come swinging for the fences. Ferguson's going to bob and weave. He's going to mess him up, bro. I, I, and I, I'm glad that people are betting on the dog now and Gaethje because I'm taking Ferguson here. I'm not talking myself out of it. Oh, no. I, I'm going to put more units on it. If people keep on betting uh, Gaethje, I'm going to put more on Ferguson. And I will tell you this, Gabe. You watched a lot more fights, but I know this. Gaethje, if he doesn't finish him off early, he's, he's even more done. 
What, what, what did he talk about Tony Ferguson's cardio? This guy is going to think about the, the effort it takes oh, to yeah. knock, knock somebody out. So if this thing gets to the end of the first second, like by mid-second round, Gaethje's probably going to be probably punched out. And then Ferguson, like a like a fine-tuned predator and snake, is going to do anything he wants to him. He could finish him maybe off with a choke, uh, you know, submit him, do other things to him because Gaethje's going to run out of gas. If he doesn't hit, get the connection early, I think that's a big problem. So I like Ferguson more. And I'll take uh, Ferguson to end the fight before distance, I think, as well, because I think Gaethje knows his only way he could win this fight is to knock his bloody block off. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was speaking with Joey Odessa and uh, um, and others I'm seeing out there. Word on the street is Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, word on the street is people are taking Cowboy Cerrone in this fight. Wow. But I don't care. I don't care. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm sticking to my guns, and whenever... And when it comes to mixed martial arts, if I start, oh, well, this guy, he's talking about this and that guy's talking about that. No, 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 no. My, you know, my best MMA picks are always my gut instinct, who I initially, initially the first thought, who do I think is going to win the fight? Right? That, that, that's what I stick to. And my first initial thought was Tony Ferguson's going to win the fight. And I'm with you. I like Anthony Pettis in this fight. I think he's going to go right after uh, Cowboy Cerrone, and Cowboy Cerrone's not as tough as Tony Ferguson is and can't eat the punches uh, that Ferguson can. I think Pettis is going to win. I'm standing strong on this. Hopefully, people fade us, Cam, throughout the week. I hope so. Yeah, I, I really hope to get better lines. I've already betted on one of my books, uh, you know, and even let some parlays happen. It went up, actually. Hmm? Sorry, I'm sorry to jump in. I just want to say it went up. Pettis is up to 144, so it was 140 yesterday, actually, yeah. so it did go up for some. I got him at 138. And then I think I got Ferguson at 178. Those were the bets that I think I made at, at two books. And you said Ferguson is down to 172. And I'll wait for more people to bet on Cowboy. And I'll say, hey, man, if I can get Pettis at like a buck 30, a buck 35, I think that's an incredible price. I'm with you, Gabe. I like uh, I like both favorites in the fight. And I'm an underdog guy. I don't care. I'm not. I'm just gonna think. You got to think. Who who do you like in the fight? I don't care if Pettis lost his last two fights. He looked good in doing so. And I can't. I'm not a mind reader. I'm not clairvoyant. I can't tell you what Donald Cerrone shows up. Is he thinking about his family? Is he riding dune buggies? I can tell you. I think Pettis wants it a little bit more. And I love Ferguson's situation against Gaethje. I'm with you, buddy. We're we're reading each other's mail. I bet them both. I'll tell you what. You want a live underdog? The Karate Hottie. The Karate Hottie, Michelle Watterson. Mm. Uh, Michelle Watterson, the Karate Hottie against Carla Esparza. And, you know, I get it. Our Esparza's on a little bit. She's uh, she's won a couple of fights. Thing with Esparza, she's so one-dimensional. She's just a wrestler. And it's kind of unique for, for female fighters. Most of them are stand-up, right? And they get into the wars and stuff like that. And Esparza's more of a ground and pound. She wants to take you down. Yet, I, I just think, I think Waters is a better fighter. I think Waters is a better fighter. And, you, you know, you look at who Watterson has fought in before and the competition that she's faced. And, you know, she, she came into the UFC. There was a lot of hype about her. I think now the pressure's off uh, Watterson a little bit. I just, I don't, I don't understand this number, uh, Cam. And I've followed Esparza uh, pretty closely. I've cashed tickets. Uh, betting against as far as in the past. I don't like picking on just one fighter all the time. I got nothing against her. Uh, but I don't understand the number here, and I don't understand the hype, why everybody likes her so much. What's uh, what's what's the odds right now? Is she a huge favorite in this no, fight? Or? No, no, no. She's, uh, she's minus 160, and it's just been staying strong at minus 160. What would you have made the line? Maybe a pick'em? Yeah. 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 
Like, you know, 110, exactly. Yeah, you see extreme value then. No, that's the thing. Not all favorites You're are getting plus 136, right? So with, with Michelle Watterson right now, I'm looking at some of the underdogs here, but I don't want to force it. There's another really interesting fight here, Uriah Hall and Ronaldo Souza. Now, you know, Ronaldo Souza, Jacare, of course, uh, as he's also known, former Strike Force champion, dude's a legend, but he's not young, man. You know, the guy's like 41, 42 years old uh, right now, and he's pretty stubborn as well. Like, he's got a great jujitsu game, and he used to submit people, and like, he's like an alligator. He's got little alligator arms, like Jacare <laughs> is known, sort of getting you, and but like a lot of fighters, he fall, he gets caught up in just like boxing and standing up and like just fighting with you. And Uriah Hall is the type of guy that can tee off on him. Like, you know, Uriah Hall, you know, some people think Uriah Hall has been an underachiever. He's like 15 and nine and stuff. But if, if you're a hittable opponent, it could be dangerous. And Uriah Hall is another underdog. I know Lou likes uh, leaning with uh, Gamble leaning with Uriah Hall here. Listen, you can't get in trouble betting underdogs. That's true. You know what I mean? There's a lot of unknowns right now coming in here. What kind of camps do these fighters have? There's a lot of unknown variables. We'll know more after seeing the weigh-in, which, you know, uh, at the last second, but we're breaking down the fights now. Uh, we will get into the NFL as well. There's some other stuff we're going to hit. Game time decisions continues. SB Nation Radio, bring it. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci throwing it down with the Raging Redhead. Cam Stewart, shout out to everybody tuning in right now on SB Nation Radio. And shout out to everybody watching us on Pluto TV, Zumo TV, Stir TV, at the Sports Grid and everything else uh, in between. All right, uh, we're talking uh, UFC. Um, I wanted to get to some uh, some NFL football. Of course, they're going to be releasing their schedule. I thought it'd be cool to take a look at uh, who these teams are actually going to be playing uh, before we find out what the set schedule actually is. Uh, but don't be surprised, guys. Um, they're going to release the normal schedule, but nobody, 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 nobody believes uh, that they're really kicking off September the 10th. Um, there's a lot of people that think it's October the 15th. It's uh, going to be in week five. They would jump into the schedule in week five and play through and then play weeks one through four after they play five through 16, et cetera. With no buys, there's a tentative 14-game um, tentative schedule, 12-game uh, schedule. We'll get to that uh, momentarily, but we talked. Uh, we haven't talked about the NBA in a couple of days. Um, uh, the NBA is pretty simple, Gabe. It's one of two spots, right? They're either going to go to Vegas and do it, or they're going to Disneyland. And it's we brought like it up, a- Mandalay. Yeah, we- the, day, day one, I said, just go to Mandalay. It's a perfect spot. Massive complex. You got an arena there. You got the, the Delano Hotel. You got multiple hotels on the premises. You can separate the teams, no problem. Or just go to Orlando. Um, they've got to get the testing going to be able to do it. I, uh, I think they will. It's interesting. I want to throw this at you and, uh, and you guys out there. So MGM actually made a proposal to the NBA. Uh, and uh, Mandalay Bay would be ground zero. They have over 4,000 hotel rooms. Um, they, they would build 
24 basketball courts. Wow. Inside the Mandalay Bay, uh, Bay Convention Center for uh, for practices and stuff, for, for necessary needs. Hotel staff would all remain quarantined by living in the Luxor. Luxor, yeah, that's good. a good idea. Very good idea. It's interesting. The thing is, though, Gabe... And they're connected. Anyone that knows, yeah. too, the Luxor and Mandalay Bay, there's like a tunnel and everything. It's, it's, nice. it's not, not, not bad here. Not bad. We'll see if we can get to there. But I wanted to get your thoughts, Ken, more so because you're a big casino guy and you're a big people person. You're a big table guy. Yeah, I am. So, um, so MGM is opening up a couple of spots. Not official yet. They don't have an official date, uh, but it's going to be like mid-May. And the plan is to open up uh, New York, New York. So that's on one side of the strip, and then they would open up Bellagio. So they're only going to open up two properties, MGM, to start off with. But a few other casinos are going to open as well. And here's the, here's, the, uh, here's the new reality here. And I ask you if you like this, don't like it. Poker players are like it's a non-starter. So from now on, poker, only four players per table allowed. Yeah, I don't play poker, so it's not really my game, Gabe. You know me. Uh, with my colorations in my face and like I'd have to wear a balaclava to think I'm robbing the place. So I don't play poker, but I'm not down with poker. either. Uh, it's just one of those things. I don't lie very well. Like uh, my girlfriend knows even, Hey, how many beers are left in the fridge? Like if I'm, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, did I, do you have any vodka? You know what I mean? <laughs> L- lying to me is one of those things that doesn't really come naturally. Uh, I don't like poker. Uh, but yeah, like I think poker games are really going to change because you know, I guess less people playing are, are going to get fleeced. I am concerned about uh, the other uh, table games though. What about blackjack? As mentioned. Yeah, black three players per table. See, that's the thing. Three players per table. How does this change the card distribution now? It's more advantage to the player, actually. If you really want, if you really want to think about it, over time, if you have more people at a table, there's probably somebody that's going to do something really stupid. And uh, I think the, the less people, it would be better for it. It's interesting to me too. Like, what are you going to do too? There's different types of blackjack. You got eight shoots. You got double deck, single deck. It's going to be pretty easy. I think a lot of people who are going to want to stay away from people are going to be able to count cards probably a little bit more. Like people that we know playing single deck and double deck, it's not that difficult to do. But I will say this, uh, and I don't want to be a downer of the party game, but I, I'm in no rush to go there. Like I'm I'm in my mid-40s. We're all like, I, I couldn't afford, like I know myself, like getting a little bit excited, talking to somebody, putting the mask down, giving a high five after the dealer bus if we got a big double down out there. Like that's the thing. You got to keep your head on a swivel and Part of going to Vegas is having fun and not having to worry about these things. It's kind of like going to a job. Okay, I can't talk to this person. Got to have a drink here. It's a little bit too early for me. And I got to be honest, I don't think it's going to be the fun that I'm uh, used to. I'm going to wait a little bit before I head down to Sin City again. And it doesn't really uh, inspire me to have three people at a table with the glass and all the other stuff. It doesn't seem the same. I remember we were talking about no alcohol, uh, potentially. Yeah. Not, not official, but no alcohol in NFL games, which is going to be a reality. I agree. Even when they have fans back, I was just reading um, about how airlines dropping alcohol. It's not happening anymore. No. It's a new, the, new, the new deal. No more drinking on planes <laughs> anymore. So that's get, done. Wait, get wasted at the restaurant and fall asleep, I guess? I, I don't know what uh, you do. No, now they won't let you on. Like, it's going to be the new deal. <laughs> <laughs> Temperature checks, no alcohol, like welcome to the new reality. So blackjack, three players per table. This one I don't mind, actually roulette, four players per table. I agree. So, those tables were a cesspool before. I hated that. You know what I mean? You try to get into the roulette. I, I like to bet the outside red, black stuff. You know what I mean? Put a hundred bucks on black or red or whatnot. And you remember what it was like, dude. It was like 16 people around the table. Yeah. You're on the yeah. outside sticking your arm in. 
Everyone's yep. breathing on each other and stuff. You know, four players around a roulette table. That's not bad, actually. You know, it's a pretty big roulette table. So you'll have a guy sort of in the middle, a guy at the end. Yeah, the wheel. Yeah, yeah the guy, exactly. The guy at the top, uh, sort of the uh, the head table, you know what I mean, at the edge. And a guy, another guy in the dealer. That's not bad. Actually, but... I like it. I like it. Want to know why I'll say this. For roulette, it was a game that needed to be policed before. Every fight that I've seen in the casino has been at roulette. Some idiot lingering over, spilling a drink on somebody, whatever. I find it to be one oh, of the... Oh, there's games. always the argument, too. Oh, hey, I put my number ah, on 13 and a 14. I got the tip in. You know what I mean? The guy the guy spins the ball. Somebody tries to do something late. F, you know, F-bombs are, are released. I see craps. Craps and roulette are games where people linger, and they're the ones... And those are the people at the casino that I don't want to see around. Guys hanging off your back. Oh, yeah, you got any money and stuff like that? Like, I've seen Lisa when she's drunk. I'm like, why do you have a Louis Vuitton purse right here? Like, we have to have a timeout. Come with me. We have to have a conversation because I saw that guy burning a hole through your purse, and you got it wide open uh, with money ha hanging out there. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I like roulette, but there's a lot of lingering vultures that need to go, Gabe. I'm, in, I'm happy that they're changing roulette, and craps is the same way. Oh, they be less controversy. Yeah. Craps, right? Hey, hot shooter, hot shooter. Here he comes. It's like, hey, buddy, what's next thing you know? Some guy's got his hand down your, uh, you know, on the back pocket. Hey, I found some money. I, you'll never meet more grifters than at roulette and uh, craps. It's the way the game's <laughs> set up. Gabe, you know it. A lot of lingers, and when you drink, you lose. You're having a good time, right? Money's flying around. So I think it's actually good. The casino can get rid of uh, some of the riffraffs. Craps is where the real hustlers are. Yeah, oh yeah. You got your car counters, but you're right. The grifters, the guy that just like broke into a car in a parking lot, he's yeah. the guy at the craps table. Yes, he is. He's yes, the he guy is. rolling the dice. Like he's got a cheap chain, his shirt's yeah. open. Like, yeah, he's blowing off the dice. What do you got? Feeling hot. Come on, baby. No sneak. Ah, yeah, yeah. Think about craps too. Yeah, he's the guy that you find on bait car. <laughs> I love your story about bait car. The guy, the, they just leave a car open with a computer. It's like, yeah, bait car. Yeah, yeah I met a kid. It was a dude. Uh, it was a Michigan-Nebraska game. I'll never forget. It's Saturday night at the Stratosphere in Vegas. <laughs> See, these stories will never happen again, stuff like that. So I tell people about bait car. Yeah, yeah. So Saturday at the Stratosphere. Wasn't that many people there. It was kind of quiet. And... Michigan were on, and I could have watched at home, but I decided I'm going to go over to, I'll go have a couple of drinks. I'll bet the live games or whatever. So I go over, and there's this one dude. He's in his 20s, and he kind of looks beaten down. He looks like he's in Nirvana or something. You know what I mean? And he's flipping out about the game. And he's cheering for Michigan, and so am I. So we sort of high-five each other a couple of times and stuff. <laughs> and he's got his ticket in his head. And I go, what you got there anyways? And it was 20 bucks, his ticket wow. only. He's the, and it was that like 37. <laughs> and he tells me, he goes, I need to win. I have no money on me whatsoever. And he goes, I got my room across the street in one of those motels. And I started, I said to him, I'm like, well, what are you doing here anyways? Like, you got no money. And what are you staying at that like cheap motel for across the street and whatever? He goes, um, I had to go to court. He goes, I'm from Alaska. And he goes, I was here about seven months ago, six, seven months ago. Buddy of mine was getting uh, married. And he goes, you know, I kind of have, like, uh, a lot of problems, you know? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he starts telling me he's got a lot of, like, drug problems and stuff. Uh, and he was in the parking lot of Palace Station. And um, <laughs> he's in the pal parking lot of Palace Station Casino. And there's, like, a car there with the window rolled down. 
with like a brand new, like with a big laptop sitting in the back. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So he reached in and he took the laptop and he went to his room. <laughs> and about like three minutes later, man, the door of man got booted open with TV cameras and stuff. He was on bait car. It's so, it's so good. The guy's just sitting there. Wow, I found a computer. Like, you would be losing well, found, your he stole mind. stole the computer. No, yeah, he stole. Cam's like, what, are you Cam Newton's lawyer? He found yeah. a computer. Yeah, he found it. He's just sitting, sitting right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they actually had, like, a tracker on it, right? So oh, they, they followed so him. Tuck, 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 tuck. He opened the door. It's like, hey, you're under arrest. Like, yeah, you're on bait car. Because the show Bait Car, they used to just sort of leave the keys in the car and stuff, but people got wise to it. Yeah. Right? And people were like, ah, I've seen that show Bait Car, right? People know about it. So they decided to start leaving stuff in the back seats of the car. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know Palace Station's shady stuff has happened there before. Big time. Including, including O.J. Simpson. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, and I'll tell you what, craps table... Uh, craps table, six players per table. Screw oh. that. I don't want to be around six people. No, I'm not. I told you, craps, Six sleaze balls playing craps. No thanks. <laughs> and I don't like this one either. Uh, they're saying the slot machines, every second machine. It's not enough. Rally. It's no, not I'm kidding. It's not enough. Not that's enough. not even like, dude, that's not even an arm like, length. That's two These things are squeezed in. Buddy, I've, I've been, we need, me and you have been to every casino known to mankind in Las Vegas. There is no way, especially those those small machines, the one cent, five cent, ten, they're lined up like like pillars. It's like one foot, but not even yeah, a foot people between. People didn't like sitting one with a one empty seat as it was before. I agree. People don't like being that close together. People looking at each other's numbers on the machine and stuff. No one likes it. It's like people disaster. want to be alone when they play slot. They don't like being around people. And one having one empty chair is nothing. It should have been like three minimum I, empty chairs. I agree with you 100%. I don't know what they're going to do with slots. Think about this. Slots, you have buttons, lever, oh, yeah. chairs. Like an old lady's going to the bathroom, all the machines hot. Like people with, uh, uh, you know, adult uh, undergarments and stuff like that because they don't want to leave. It's like, oh, my machine, it'll it'll hit it. Like, they're a cesspool for filth anyway. Like, I got to tell you, this Vegas plan, it needs to be refurbished, in my opinion. Three sounds, or uh, uh, <laughs> listen, these, they're smarter guys than you and I are, Kev. Higher pay grade, but... Yeah, they're not really. You ever, you ever heard of online gambling before? <laughs> the thing i don't have to sit in somebody somebody's filth yes turn on your phone thank you <laughs> i'm with you gabe uh yeah I, some of the new rules actually are good but uh vegas is going to be in tough buddy and you see how big those horse books and sports books are they're not going to be packed for a long time they got a big challenge ahead a couple of places from what i understand uh, i think south point or no excuse me uh south point orleans yeah south point orleans sort of some of the local places places yeah yeah i think it was um it's Orleans. I think they're saying, hey, uh, if you want to deposit for your sports book, your account, or you want to do business, you got to collect money or whatnot, the sports, because the sports book's not open, but they're smart, drive through. Awesome. Drive through. You can pull up. You got to have a mask and gloves. You can say, all right, here's my, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, can I get some money? You know, you guys owe me money for my online betting or like, or if you wanted to find an account, they're basically, it's a way of opening up the sports book. They have a like drive-through counter there with a guy that'll talk to you. you know that's, what I mean? like a, that's what you and Puccio need for his Boston bet and your Raptors win over. Better hit yeah, the yeah, yeah, roll in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you set up a kiosk in the parking lot of Yeah, yeah. Can I get my $560 back for my money?
Sorry, we're closed. <laughs> Some chicken wings. Here's my ticket. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Get on the grid. SB Nation Radio. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gable Morenci. As we wrap up uh, the first hour, we will get to some NFL talk. I promise. Uh, we'll lead. Uh, we'll lead off uh, with it in hour two. Uh, but you know, a baseball story actually, Ken, that I wanted to get to. Somebody that you and I know uh, very well wants to be a manager uh, yeah. right now. And I got to be honest. I didn't realize, you know, he does deserve better to be than uh, a national amateur scouting cross-checker for the Atlanta Braves in what he is right now. But former Toronto Blue Jays manager John Gibbons wants to manage and says, I think I've gotten a bad rap. Yeah, I, no, the thing about Gibby is, and I talked to Rich Griffin, who works for the Blue Jays, and he actually told me Gib Gibby's one of the nicest guys he's ever, ever dealt with. And he used to work for the Expos. I will say this, Gabe. I'm not sure if John Gibbons is manager material, but I think he's a great bench boss. Players like him. He's down to earth. And you're right. What, he, what he's doing now is not equivalent to what he should be doing. Asking him to manage a baseball team, though, that's, eh, that's kind of borderline. But I'm thinking bench boss or having a better job is something that Gibby deserves. He has been around a lot, and he deserves better than the title that he has now. Yeah, you know what his problem is, though? And he says, I'm not anti-analytics, but you are anti-analytics. Yeah, yeah, he's an old-school guy, exactly. And, and he says, uh, he goes, I like to question and I debate to find out the best way to do things. And if I'm the one uh, who has the answer for something, I also have to call my own shots. Every manager should. That's not going to get you a job today, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Mike Sosha actually won, Gibby. And yeah. they got mad at Mike Sosha for discounting the analytics. They would say, listen... You know, put this guy in against that guy, and he'd say, let me manage my way. And the fact of the matter is, baseball's an analytics game uh, right now. And, you know, listen, he did think outside the box. Uh, he said, I'm not, uh, I wasn't anti-analytics. I did some things. Um, he goes, yeah, hey, we hit Jose Bautista first. We did all the shifts like everybody else did. I played Troy Gloss and shortstop. He did. We had fly ball uh, pitchers going. So he did think outside. I don't know if he was thinking outside the box. I think he was drunk. He was hung over. <laughs> Yeah, we're going, well, put Troy Glosser, yeah, shortstop there. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, you know, I, no offense to Gibby, but I don't want to see him be a manager again just because yeah. I don't, nobody has the patience to walk, walk, this guy walk to the mound. You're right. The slowest managerial walk ever in the history of baseball, guys. Like, guys, and it's not like he was buying time. No. It was like he was just like hung over, he's beaten out, he's worn out. He was like, ah, oh, I got to go to the mound. I got to go to the mound here. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, but we're going to we're going to step up and in in uh, hour two, and uh, let's talk some NFL football. A lot of excitement about the National Football League and the schedule. Let's do it. Get on the grid. Bring it. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.